0: to the chopped guillotine fantasy football
1: podcast with your host joe harris
0: ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the chopped guillotine podcast i'm your host joe harris and today we have not one, but two very special guests. We've got Drew Walls and we've got Jack Shiminek. Which one of you gentlemen would like to introduce yourselves first?
2: Hey, everybody. My name is Drew Walls. longtime listener, first-time caller. Um, very excited to be here. Excited to uh, listen to two men talk who have more knowledge on the sport than I do, and I get to throw my worthless input in every once in a while. Uh, it's going to be a blast can't wait oh
1: man i don't even know how to follow that well yeah i'm i'm jack and everybody calls me shimmy so i'll go with shimmy for today and uh i'm, I'm a big fancy football fan but i might be a bigger joe harris fan so Aww. i'm really really excited to be here and talk some shop for for a little while on some fantasy football
0: wow how sweet thank you boys so much i'm really excited to have both of you on the show this is actually our first time having an episode With two guests at once, which for me, it's really exciting. But for you all, I do see how that could possibly be a problem. There's only one microphone for these two men to share.
2: I'm sure this will go completely smooth.
0: There's no way way this goes wrong.
2: Yeah, as said before, I have been a long-time listener, so I'm really looking forward to listening back on this and seeing how the dynamic changes throughout Thanks. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so normally for th- normally for these episodes, when a person first gets here, you know, I sit them down and I go, "What was it that did you in?" I think you all both had a very similar situation that did you in. I'm gonna let Shimmy start off and tell us what happened last year that just kind of that cooked your goose.
1: Yeah, I'll. It's, it's pretty pretty simple. Um, you know, one of the first things you do when you get into a, a new league, a new fantasy draft, is you, you better look at the way your roster is constructed. Mm. You better know if you're playing regular, super flex, double flex, triple wide receiver, all that, all that good stuff. So, yes, I will humbly admit that I did not realize that I had to start three wide receivers in week one and after taking three running backs and a tight end with my first four picks, I was a little thin at receiver, and that probably is what inevitably did me in last year.
2: Yeah, uh, for me, you know, in retrospect, you know, hindsight's 2020. Hmm? Closer yeah, to hind- the mic. Oh, sorry about that. Hindsight's 2020. And. Um, you know, I could say it was a number of problems, and, and I did have a number of problems uh, coming in. It wasn't my greatest draft in the world, um, and then after I made it through a couple of weeks, some players I had were questionable consistently, and I never put. You know, in a team league, you gotta you have to watch out for that because if one player is out for one week, that could mm-hmm. be the end of your season. So I never kept my eye on that. And then in picking up free agents, I never made a big enough move to keep myself in the game. And eventually by like week six, I was out of it.
0: Yeah. You know, that that's a story that we hear all too often. You hear people that are like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to save this money. I'm going to be the best team at the end because, you know, once everyone drops, then it's all me. No one else can, can afford to pick anyone up. And Nine times out of ten, the people that run with that just end up having their players getting dropped. And the people who they thought they were smarter than get to, you know, buy them for much cheaper than what they would have been able to afford for them. So I do also, though, I do appreciate both of you being, you know, the big the bigger people and not blaming injuries because you both had some like some injuries down the stretch that sort of, you know took you off the rails.
1: Yeah, if you want to call it the stretch, I guess it was week four or five when I ended up getting bounced. I lost Javante pretty early. I don't remember how early he got injured, but
0: he was a week two.
1: Yeah, he was my second round pick. Um so that wasn't great. And then, you know, losing my RB RB one, R B two, arguably, uh, and then not having any depth of receiver, it was just it was over at that point.
0: Right. And then once DeAndre Swift, your first round pick went down, it was just you're toast from there. Oh, I guess he did get hurt.
2: Yeah, I guess he did get hurt. <laughs> yeah, Amon Ra for me, just those weeks of being questionable. And oh yeah, the week he was out was the week that I got out mm-hmm. because I was so reliant on just that little bit of extra points.
0: Absolutely, you know that that goes back to something that we talked about a lot towards the early days of this podcast, and that's just like the the notion that every week. Not only could it be your last week, you've got to play it like it functionally is your last week. Instead of going in trying to say, like, I'm gonna skate by this week and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do great next week from here on out. I've just gotta survive this one week off of luck. Like that, that has been from the guys who we've talked to on this show, that has been the the way that you go out a lot of the time. Whereas if you go in every week, like fuck not getting last i'm gonna i'm gonna get first it's really hard to if that's your goal and that's what you're always working towards it's hard for you to get eliminated in the earlier middle parts of the season you know it's it's less about the avoiding your death and more about trying to dominate everyone and say fuck you my team's so much better than yours even if it's not Like, even if your team does not have the long-term value that you want it to, the people who do have that long-term value, they can always have something fluky. Every week is the only week in guillotine fantasy football. So, at the beginning of your seasons last year, obviously both of you had no idea that you would be eliminating the first third of the league. What... What were your thoughts coming out of the draft? How did you feel about your teams?
1: I mean, I'll start. Um, again, the lack of receiver depth in a three-receiver league was tough. Um, I mean, I was, I, I'm glad that I grabbed uh, Jameis Winston at quarterback. I thought that the Saints were going to air out the ball, and maybe his high volatility between like throwing for 400 yards and possibly five interceptions all those yards and touchdowns could win me some weeks um, but he was pretty bad he also was injured last year so i would say that i really i really did love my draft uh, and again that's my own fault mm-hmm. so i wasn't expecting too much but i thought that with fad since i wasn't at the mercy of like the waiver order and that sort of randomness yeah that i could you know find some value in some other players that could give me some good minutes on my team uh, and then I ended up spending way too much on two different players, and my season kind of derailed from there. So it, it was my first guillotine team uh, experience, and uh, I think I've learned a lot from it. But I would say coming out of the draft, it was, wasn't was too excited, if I'm being mm. honest.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was also my first key team experience. I'm sure there's a lot of people in our league's first key team it experience. It was. I,
0: I think it was actually all of us were first-timers yeah. in that.
2: Yeah, and so – i didn't really have the right mindset and it was also like you know i left that draft i think i stopped picking my own picks by like round 7 or 8 mm-hmm. which you know
0: which like to a normal person in a normal draft it's like round 7 or 8 that's crazy but when you're when you have an 18 person draft that's like around pick what 120 140
2: yeah. yeah and let me tell you auto Auto draft did not do me good. I got two kickers. I <laughs> yep. got a second tight end. Um I definitely did not have the positional coverage I needed. Right. But, you know, the the inexperience from the format and also not knowing that well, knowing that, you know, like Clyde is a little inconsistent, but maybe mm-hmm. pull it out and not knowing that Tom Brady was going to have one of his worst years. <laughs> um
0: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with drafting a 45-year-old man to anchor your team around. <laughs> Listen,
2: a consistency, you know, I'm going for consistency and he had been consistent. He was consistently point. bad that season, I'll yes. give you
0: the consistency.
2: Um but so, you know, obviously, as I said before, hindsight's 2020, but even in the moment coming out, I knew it wasn't the strongest team, mm-hmm. but I had the I had the idea that maybe I could build it back up, and I never did. And that was <laughs> <time's> out.
0: <laughs> Yeah, and and that really goes back to, to two themes that I like to harp on a lot, and the first of which is like the players that you draft early on in your draft, they can't be really like high volatility picks. Like, don't get me wrong, someone in your draft will take a lot of high volatility picks and they'll just all magically hit and they're gonna think that they're smarter than everyone else, and in reality they were just they were completely lucky.
1: Yeah, but then those high volatility, high volatility players have one bad week and then they're
0: they're done. No, totally, and that and that's the argument. It's that you know when you're taking high volatility players early, like Clyde Edwards-Helaire, like Jameis Williams, Jamison, James
1: Winston.
0: James Winston. Thank you. There's too many guys whose names start with a James. By the way, <laughs> the NFL <laughs> has to do something about that because as a podcast host. I cannot tell you how hard it is to not get tripped up on that. No,
2: I actually heard they're banning anyone with the name. God, thank God.
0: (laughs) Can't wait. But it's things like that where you have to break the old norms of fantasy football, where it's like you draft the high volatility players. If you're not first, you're last. So like go win your league. And those are guys that get pushed up in ADP. Those are guys that are really high in rankings. And so like, at the back of your head, those are guys that you're going to want to take just whenever you see them at the top of draft boards. And that's something that, on this show at least, we do try really hard to get people away from. So with that in mind, I think we should transition into the most recent draft that we did. Um, that was on Thursday, I want to say, last Thursday. So about a week ago, this was before the um, the Travis Kelsey which I'm very sad about, the Travis Kelsey injury and the Cooper Cup and injury. The Cooper Cup
2: injury. Yeah. Oh, boo-hoo. I'm watching the waterworks flowing over <laughs> here.
0: I got myself a Travis Kelsey first overall. I, I've been telling you all to take Travis Kelsey first overall. You should be taking Travis Kelsey first overall. You
2: yeah. should have been, at yeah. least. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say that information is up to
0: date anymore. Yeah, not anymore. But yeah, if but there's
1: you're, still a chance he plays, right? He could. Cooper Cups definitely
0: out. So. Cooper Cups definitely out.
1: Travis Kelsey owners have
2: that little bit of hope left.
0: And I will not let go of that hope for the life of me. But in comparison to from last year's draft to this year's draft, what do you think you did differently that is going to give you an advantage hopefully this year?
2: I this is not just a guillotine league thing. I have always had an issue with Drafting players who then get injured and it mm. burns me Lamar Jackson. I've drafted him the last two, the last two years and both times he misses several games. I'm six and zero, oh and I dropped to like six and four oh. and it kills me every single time. Uh, but so my main focus in this draft was picking people who consistently have a role in the offense and who have do not have a history of being injured mm. at least for my first couple of rounds
0: yeah totally
2: that was my that's my biggest fear and i'm also coming in with the knowledge of like the the idea of not to be attached to my team no matter what however good i feel about it
0: right yeah that that's another thing that you know everyone who i've sat down with has said that like the the people like you know me and Travis last year who were trading everything on the team that wasn't nailed down which was everything on the team you know that being something that they want to emulate going forward which i think is super exciting i'm really looking forward to having a league where like everyone is looking to trade because everyone saw the formula of always have your players on the move and then hopefully you don't be the guy who you know holds on to the holds on to the hot potato for too long
2: yeah yeah absolutely
1: for, for my team, I would say, again, I, I, it, hindsight is twenty twenty. but I I like this team a lot more than I like last year's team, but I'm sure that I really liked my team last year because uh, I picked all the players, regardless of <laughs> how terrible they ended up being.
0: That's um, a good point. That's good perspective.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I knew about the, uh, the three wide receiver thing, so I made sure to get a guy who I thought was a really, really, really safe first-round pick, Cooper Cup obviously has a huge, or I should say, a really high floor with Matt Stafford and Sean McVay in that offense. Fortunately, goes down with a hamstring injury, so it's a bit of a setback. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, I have a lot of players who are on good offenses, uh, a lot of players who are pretty consistent. So I, I like my chances to last a bit longer than week five or six this year. Uh, And I I think, I think I can make it happen because I have enough players who have that safe floor, but also have the opportunity to have a couple boom weeks that'll get me over the hump.
0: Yeah, totally. And, and I think that those, the players that have the ability to get the boom weeks get underrated by people who are better than average at guillotine, because the name of the game for guillotine fantasy is obviously consistency. You need the guys at the top of your roster to perform well but there absolutely is a place for those boomer bust players who have the ability to just like save you, you know, and there are a lot of situations where like in my flex or in my wide receiver three, those are the players who like, I really want to target. And I think everyone who plays guillotine should target because especially early on in the season, guys who you think are safe, like quote unquote, you know, safe players who are in the flex or in the wide receiver three position, Those are guys like like Deion Jackson, like Raheem Mostert, you know Van Jefferson. Now the Cooper Cup's injured, and it's like we we do think that they're safe, but at the same time, there's absolutely a world where all of those guys could go out and score two points. And when you look at them compared to guys like Gabe Davis, who could totally go out there and score two points, and I wouldn't be surprised at all.
2: I I have seen it. Me neither. I, I don't <laughs> think Davis is that good. I have I have had him on a team where
0: yeah. he has scored two points. He he does that. That's and then the I name. Bench him and he
2: scored thirty-seven. Exactly,
0: exactly. exactly. So. That that's an absolutely appropriate place to put volatility in. And so, when you're building up these new rosters, do you think that you listen to the advice that we've been given on this show? I know Drew hasn't, because I know Drew hasn't actually been a listener.
2: I have. I've listened to multiple episodes. Oh, yeah? Multiple meaning two. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, listening—granted, I listened to the episodes, draft guide episodes, after we had already done our draft. Um, <laughs> I know that's a little counterintuitive.
0: Hey, it, it just makes it easier for me to win. I appreciate
2: it. Yeah, I guess. Um, but I feel like a lot of what you had said were ideas that I went into the draft mm-hmm.
0: with,
2: you know, like, the um, okay, consistency, the, the, leave the, the boomer bust behind until the later draft rounds yeah. and, the, and, you know, just making sure that you know what's going on and like someone here has done, you know? Someone here being
0: multiple someones. <laughs>
2: yeah, but,
0: there's two of you fuckers.
2: No, it wasn't me. It wasn't me, I swear. <laughs> I knew what was going on. I just sucked last year.
0: Yeah. You you did actually you made one of the best picks in the draft last year on Amon Ross St. Brown. That's true. Yeah.
2: And it was all for it was all me. I studied it. Mm-hmm. There was no luck involved.
0: I'm certain. I
2: knew he was gonna break out. <laughs> I had insider information. So For me, I um
1: I don't know if I was consciously thinking about, like, getting guys who had that week-to-week boom potential. Um, but I went out so early last year that I really wanted guys who were consistent. Yeah. So, like like Aaron Jones, uh, I, I like him in the Packers offense. I think he was my second-round pick. He's just a good player on an offense that I think will be okay. Like Dallas Goddard, he's usually good for – four or five catches with, with Jalen Hurts. So I, I definitely think that I played it safer than I did last year, but I would I, I wanna last much longer into the season than I did uh, the first year. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely a conscious effort.
0: You know, and, and I think that both of your teams bear that out. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the draft talk by just asking like what you guys think your best pick in this most recent draft was and what you think your worst pick. Or maybe just a pick that you're not the most excited about, maybe one that you felt kind of trapped into, trapped into taking. I know what Shimmy's worst pick is going to be.
2: <laughs> I mean, don't we all? We don't we all.
0: We're so sorry.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like my uh, my best pick would, or at least who I hope is my best pick, mm-hmm. is Calvin Ridley. Um, you know, as tough as it is, you know, he hasn't been proven. We haven't seen him play in a year and he hasn't played with, um, he's playing with a new quarterback, but he's the wide receiver one on a new team with a young quarterback who's got a good arm that we've seen. So I hope, you know, as that's all you can do as a fantasy football, I hope that he does well. Uh, And if he does, then I'll look like a genius. (laughs) You know, I got him I think in the I think I got him in the
0: second he round. Was, he was a second round yeah. Okay, for you. And, like, but- I absolutely see the vision of what you were trying to do with that. Mm-hmm. Because to get a guy who could be a cornerstone for your team in the second round is pretty rare. Of, like, cornerstone meaning someone who, if you are one of the top two or three teams in the league at the very end, like, someone who you're still starting.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I... Drafted Tyree Kill with my first pick. I ended, right. yeah, I, I believe I said it earlier. I ended up going with the zero RB mm-hmm. uh, strategy, and so my first three picks were uh, Tyree Kill, Calvin Ridley, Mike Evans, who I'm going to talk about later. As I don't think he was my, he might have been the worst pick val- value pick I got.
0: Oh really? Yeah,
2: but and then like then I drafted Justin Fields. You know, mm-hmm. my I feel like my team's pretty. Pretty good. Um, but, yeah. Mike Evans, I think, is my was probably my worst value pick mm-hmm. in retrospect. Just because, you know, he doesn't have Tom Brady. And even though Tom Brady wasn't what he normally was last year, yeah, he still was putting up decent numbers for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have Jameis Winston, who would just chuck the ball. Right, just air field. it out. Yeah. He's... He's a deep ball receiver, and he's getting old, so he doesn't have the speed that he used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how many 50-50 balls he's going to win this year.
0: Right. And, you know, the the Bucks' offense, that's something that we talked about in Episode 5 or Episode 6 of just, like, the numbers that Tom Brady put up last year were not super impressive. But... When Ben Roethlisberger played his last year for the Steelers, his numbers were super not impressive, but that offense still functioned. Yeah. And that's because of all the things that Ben did behind the scenes that don't show up in the stat sheet. You know, he was calling the audibles, he was adjusting the blocks, you know, dialing up hot Mm -hmm. routes on plays. Yeah. And I think it's stuff like that that could really do the Buccaneers offense in just because The difference in numbers between Baker Mayfield and Tom Brady, which I know is going to sound crazy, the difference in numbers might not be that ridiculous, but the difference in the quality of this offense could be astronomical.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you have Tom Brady on your team, you're paying for two offensive coordinators. Exactly. And now they've got Baker Mayfield, who I always believed has gotten more hate than he deserves.
0: I think that's reasonable, yeah.
2: Yeah, but, yeah. but he's not going to make the team play nearly as quality of football.
0: Absolutely not. Shimmy, you want to give us your, your best... You can start with your worst if you want.
1: I, I actually... So I don't want to use Cooper Cup as my answer. Oh, okay. Because I feel well, like that's kind of a cop-out. Um, As for my best player, the pick that I really like the most, I would say... Second place is Raheem Mostert because anytime you can get a starting running back on a, I'm projecting the Dolphins' offense to be elite. I got yeah, totally. I got a starting running back on an elite offense at pick 149.
0: You did, which and is the, pretty crazy. And this was this was the day before the Jeff Wilson injury.
1: Yes, I think it was. It
0: was, and I know this. <laughs> I know this because I drafted Jeff Wilson. That's right.
2: <laughs> That's right.
0: I was the, so sad. Yeah,
1: getting <laughs> Mostert, getting Mostert was a huge. A huge boost. Um, he'll be good for the first four weeks until he gets injured. So that'll be fun. You're
0: um, giving him four whole weeks to get injured.
2: We'll see how long it takes. But you four know, weeks. Four He's... weeks is all that matters, man. That's right. That's right. I would need to get to week five to be better than I did last. I year, give so. him
0: week two tops.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> that, I like that man.
0: That man's thirty-one years old. That's he is old. That's eighty-five in running back years. Like you can't be.
1: I'm surprised he hasn't been like
2: kicked out of the league for being too old I position know position yet. So are you thinking like for Kansas City? You thinking Pacheco's out, like week two, week three?
0: No, he he's still he's still young. Oh,
2: he's like thirty one. was a rookie last year. No, who
0: am I? You're thinking Jarek McKinnon. McKinnon, thank you. He yes. might be.
2: I flipped him. He's a casual.
0: It's okay. Real yeah, bad. it's okay. Real Pause real quick. I did a one of the guillotine drafts that I did um, for the third league I'm in. Someone took Jarek McKinnon in the third round. Yeah, you get you guys. Listening can't Chief see. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Playing a lot of
2: We're
0: fans. we're we're located in Kansas City here on the Chopped guillotine podcast, right around there, so that had something to do with it, I want to say. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You couldn't see our faces, but all, both of our reactions <laughs> if, were shock and awe. If I could
0: somehow get the audio of your faces, which I know is not a thing that could possibly exist, this podcast would do numbers. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, getting getting back to, I'm I'm gonna write the ship here. Um, I really like the moster pick, but my favorite would probably be Amari Cooper in the third round, uh, third or second round. I can't really remember, but
0: that's probably a third round pick. Yeah, I think
1: so. Um, he's just a guy who like consistently goes for like 1,100 yards and seven or eight touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Like regardless of who his quarterback is, regardless of what team he's on, we've seen him do it in Oakland seen him doing in, in Dallas, and he even had a great season with Jacoby Brissett last year. Which never happens. And I'm hoping Deshaun Watson, after a, uh, the opportunity to actually practice with the team and learn the plays, will be an upgrade over Brissett. Yeah. Um, not like he was at the end of last year. So. Totally. I really, really like Cooper. My least favorite pick would honestly probably have to be Quentin Johnston, just because mm. drafting, drafting rookies highly... In guillotine leagues is tough because you really don't know what their role is going to be immediately in week one. Uh, it sounds like Josh Palmer is probably going to be the Charger starting wide receiver three, which is yeah. why I ended up grabbing him off waivers.
0: Oh, good pick. Um
1: Slide him in my lineup uh, until Johnston, you know, has that breakout game where we can finally trust him with a, you know, an actual role in the offense. Because right now we're still speculating. So I think I probably probably could have. Either waited to get him or gotten somebody else who was a bit more proven. Right. Uh, at that point in the draft, so if I had to pick one, it would probably be him. Just because you really never know with rookies. And, you really don't. And you have to you have to be solid week one in order to make it in the team.
0: Right. And that that's something that goes back to breaking the traditional fantasy norms because you always want to draft a rookie wide receiver as many of them as you can get. In a regular fantasy league just because one first-round rookie every year is going to, like, catapult himself into the top 15, top 20 wide receivers. And you're drafting them outside the 30s. So, like, it's it's a really safe and good bet. They just don't start like that. Like, the only wide receiver who has ever started like that was Justin Jefferson. Not Justin Jefferson. Well no, he was pretty early too. He
1: was pretty yeah. good as rookie. He was right? pretty
0: early. He had a bad week one, and I know that because one of my friends dropped him that year after week oh, one. Wow. Yeah, no, that was a rough one.
2: Wow.
0: Yeah. For some for one of the Washington running backs, and I don't even remember his name, and that's oh, impressive.
1: No. Oh yeah. No, it's probably Darius Geis.
0: Oh my god, I think you're right. <laughs> I think it was Darius Geis. <laughs> yes. What a pick.
1: But yeah, well, like when Guillotine, you if you want to take these high side rookies you don't really have time to wait for them to hit. No. So.
0: Especially where their ADP is, you're still drafting guys who you're starting week one.
1: Yeah. And people are crazy about Johnston because Herbert's got the rocket arm and at, at TCU, he was able to stretch the field. Uh, you basically just get the ball in his hands and and let him go. Oh yeah. And he, he's incredible. He should be awesome if they can use him correctly in that offense. And he figures out how to catch more passes. Um, but again, like he could just totally be a dud the first couple weeks as he's yeah. getting used to the offense, learning the playbook, and you probably want to take a guy I mean he might have been like a ninth round pick in an eighteen team league, so it was decent decently deep within the draft, but I probably could have gotten somebody who I could have plug and played immediately week one. Mm-hmm. Uh especially a receiver now that Cooper Cup is gone. So right. I'm very, very thin in that position.
0: Van Jefferson. I've actually I've picked Van Jefferson in almost every draft that I've done. I've picked him in every guillotine draft. He's free. He's yeah. free.
2: I have How uh, do you not? My consistent pick across leagues has been James Conner this year.
0: Wow. Yeah. Big fan of the Arizona Cardinals offense. Big fan of the
2: Arizona Cardinals having zero passing <laughs> off. I mean it's just James Conner. That's only It's
0: it's just James Conner. Exactly. No, I I support it. I do support it. All right. We're going to move into the very last stage of our show. Where I'm going to ask each of you to pick one of each of these categories: give me a guillotine sleeper, a guillotine breakout, and a guillotine bust for this season. If you all need a second to think about that, no, that that's okay. I can give you a second.
1: Okay. What I'll do is I'll give you I'll give you one of them so Drew can think. Okay. I'll, I'll give you my sleeper first.
2: Yeah, totally.
0: And
1: then we can just go back and forth. Gotcha. I don't know if I have a concrete decision for the other two.
0: Hey, you know what we should do then? We should play a very quick guess this player game because I saw a couple of stats floating around on Twitter that I think are probably that should probably influence you for maybe one of your breakout picks.
1: Okay. Please do that.
0: Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you time. I'll give you guys a little bit of time to scramble this player. I'm going to give you three hints and I want you all to give me a guess at the end. You you know, if if you're playing at home, you can uh, you can respond to the Q and A of this episode with what you thought the player was before I reveal it. Don't cheat. I'll know if you cheated. <laughs> so this player was drafted inside the top ten at quarterback and did not finish as a top ten quarterback. There's hint number one. Hint number two. He was one of fourteen quarterbacks last year. To have over 15 rush attempts he was the only quarterback who did not score a rushing touchdown with over 50 rush attempts
1: over 50 over
0: 50 5-0 five zero. Five zero. there were 14 quarterbacks with 5-0 rush attempts
1: are those the only two hints
0: no there's a there's a third one oh, okay sorry there's yeah, one more hint.
2: maybe sit patiently and listen i don't know it looked like he was looking for an answer already <laughs>
0: You you look like you had one. It's okay. The last hint: when this quarterback's top two wide receivers were on the field, he completed an astounding seventy-seven percent of his passes. I think I got it. I think Drew it, thinks he's got it. it. Is it Geno Smith? It is not Geno Smith.
1: He wasn't drafted inside the top ten
2: of my shit. Oh or no. No. no! Was drafted inside he the top ten. He was drafted inside show. the top oh, ten. Right. Yep. Right. Because nice. Gino was QB five last
0: year. Yeah, Gino I, was crazy last year. Last oh, year. he didn't.
2: Sorry, I flipped those numbers in yep. my head. I Draft. finished in the top five, but was not. Or finished in the top ten, but was not drafted. It's Kyler Murray.
0: It is not Kyler Murray. Uh, the, this is my this is my favorite breakout quarterback pick. I am trying to get him absolutely everywhere. Fifty.
2: I'm trying to think of quarterbacks who rushed a lot like who just decided to run like daniel Jones
0: was not daniel jo- Daniel Jones had like six rushing touchdowns daniel last year oh, which man. is crazy he yeah. also had 700 rushing yards
2: yeah that guy ran a lot i'm just All trying, the time. I'm trying to think of quarterbacks who run right now this so this guy was drafted inside the top 10 last year he was inside the didn't
0: top 10
1: within the top 10
0: no in points per game
1: had 50 or more rushing attempts but didn't score a touchdown yeah wait points per game
0: he was outside the top 10 in points per game. He volumed his way in the top 10 because oh. of guys like Lamar and Kyler and, you know, those guys getting injured. Do
2: you have any other guesses? I'm close. I'm stumped right now. Guys. Oh, wait. I don't wait, want to is cheat. It, is it... Is it... Is it... No. Is it Rush?
0: It's not Russell Wilson. He, <laughs> that man did not complete seventy-seven percent of know, any selection I know, of his passes. I know, I'm just
2: throwing out.
0: <laughs> You got the right division. Really? Derek Carr? Not Derek Carr. It was Justin Herbert. No way. Yes. You're lying. No. Justin Herbert was
1: not a top ten quarterback last
0: year. He was not. He was twelve.
1: Wow. You're kidding.
0: Twelve per game, yeah.
1: I, I, I genuinely was thinking of Herbert after you said when his wide receivers were healthy because Keenan Allen and Mike Williams played like four games together mm-hmm. last year. But like I there I didn't think there was a single chance he didn't finish inside the top ten.
0: He was the QB twelve in points per game.
1: It's Joe Lombardi's fault. Wow. It is
0: Joe Lombardi's fault. Joe I'm Lombardi, Lombardi sucks. He does. He also was like, you know, broken ribs in week two.
2: Yeah. I do remember that and he couldn't like lift his shoulder over his head or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. No wide receiver help. So, yeah, um, that's my breakout candidate that I am taking everywhere I can, everywhere that I don't draft a top three quarterback because I, I do believe in top three quarterback supremacy.
1: I am inclined to believe you. Uh, not only would Herbert have worked for my fantasy breakout player this year, I genuinely think he's going to win NFL with Kellen wow. Moore, With Kellen Moore, with the additions they made, Hopefully their O-line stays healthy and they get Slater. And...
0: That's true. That That's another thing. Their that O-line I...
1: was, was so Yeah, it was and, really beat up. And not only did they, like, they're getting guys back that they didn't have, but the guys who were their backups played well. So they're, they should have – Right. They, they so they've got good depth now, yeah. And, and to some degree. And if they can run the ball at all, I don't see a world where Justin Herbert just isn't completely lighting up the secondary, especially he in should. a division – with good offenses mm-hmm. and
2: rough defenses.
1: Very rough defenses. Yeah. Except
2: for Denver. Denver's defense is pretty good, yeah.
0: Denver has a great secondary. Yeah. The Chiefs sometimes have a great secondary.
2: Well, I mean last year they were all rookies. Right. So that was so a
0: gamble. It was. It paid off. I think it paid off for him. Do you think it paid off for him?
2: I don't
0: know. I don't know if the Super Bowl is enough. It's up in the air. Yeah. I mean, could, could they have won 14 games instead of just the 13? Like, let's let's think about it like that. Good question. Good right. question.
2: I think that's where you draw the line for a successful I season. I agree.
0: I don't know how you, as a young secondary, I don't care how young you are, you can't let your quarterback suffer a high ankle sprain. I know. And they did. <laughs> that's inexcusable.
2: That's Trent bad. McDuffie,
0: you were the 21st pick in the NFL draft. <laughs> And you're going to let my man roll his ankle like that?
2: It was a tragic moment. He should have been cut.
0: He should have. At
2: that moment.
0: If Patrick Mahomes wasn't so good, that yeah. secondary would yeah. be terrible. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is the anchor of that Chiefs secondary. Yeah, of course. And I stand was, by that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's intangible. Oh, it's, my God. It is.
0: I sound like a Tom Brady fan right now, don't I? Just a little bit. Just a little, Just a little bit. <laughs> Alright, has my has my mindless ranting given you all a, a sleeper, a breakout, and a bust?
1: I at least have two. Okay. And I kind of already gave you my boom player, but I'll pick another one. Okay. Um, do you want me to do all three, or do you want to go back and forth?
0: Let's go back and forth. I think it's more interesting. Alright, so, so I'm
1: gonna... Alright, you tell me which one to do first. Uh,
0: yes. Go ahead and start with the breakout. I think the breakout is the slightly easier call. Sure. And for for our purposes, the difference between a Sleeper and a Breakout... A Breakout is someone who, like, we know is good, but we think they're going to be great. And a Sleeper is someone who you say, Hey, you got you to gotta draft Josh Kelly, and someone says, Who? Okay. So that that's what we're looking for. I should have specified that earlier.
1: Okay, so this is probably a very popular Breakout pick. Um, but... In mock drafts and in regular drafts, when I had uh, one of the back-end first-round picks, yep. I have been taking Garrett Wilson everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, I think, I think this guy is in line for a Devontae Adams-type target share. Mm. When you look at the Jets' receiving core around him, you've got Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb as, like, the two and three who are... Basically, just like castaways from Green Bay right. that Rodgers brought along to be his buddies. I know. McCole Hardman, who was never even good on the Chiefs, but M- the best offense in the league.
0: McCole Hardman is just out there running cardio, yes. week in and week out.
1: Correct. Out there running cardio. Out there not catching punts on special teams. <laughs> uh, fumbling the ball. Like McCole Hardman's not a good player. I- He's not going to see the field. In, at, at least in anything beyond a gadget role. So you have you have Lazard. You have Cobb. You have Hardman, who I don't like much at all, and Corey Davis retired. Right. And I kind of liked Corey Davis. <laughs> he was only 28 years old, and he was a, a top-five draft pick, and now that he's retired, there really isn't anybody else there. So I, I like the fact that, that the receivers outside of Wilson aren't very good, and then you add the fact that him and Rodgers kind of already have that rapport, that type of chemistry where they can kind of like see – eight yard off coverage at the line of scrimmage and just check like, Hey, turn and I'm going to throw you the ball. Yeah. And that's, that's just, and then he's going to make a play. That's free PPR points. He's, he's very good after the catch. And I think, you know, the jets should be competitive enough to where, uh, their defense plays well and they're, they're in games. So they got to throw more. Um, and if their O-line struggles at all, which I think it probably will. Rogers is going to get, want to get the ball out quick. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's good with those touch passes and those tight window throws. And I think Wilson can make those plays. Yeah. So if you're in a full PPR league, I don't think there's going to be anybody who gets more of an opportunity than Garrett Wilson. So he'd probably be my breakout.
0: Yeah. I I think that Garrett Wilson, especially in a guillotine format is an awesome pick just because you know that that's where Aaron Rodgers is going to look to throw the ball to. And even if Aaron Rodgers isn't his, you know, elite level self that we've come to expect them to some degree. Yeah. Like, he he still has an arm on him. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he has not lost any ball speed. His placement, especially in the short area, was still really good. You know, it got finicky downfield, but that's a Nicole Hardman problem, and we don't care about that guy. So, the the opportunity to get a guy who is something, someone who I believe can be a cornerstone piece of your roster, and you can keep him all the way back until week 17 of the season, like, getting him that late is a really great pick for Guillotine. I have a slight concern, which is purely psychological, it's that he plays on Monday night in week one, and he plays against the Bills, and I just, I really don't like going into a Monday night matchup going, shit, I need I need this player to do this or else I'm cooked.
1: Yeah, and the Bills should have a good enough defense. If you needed any added bonus for, for liking Garrett Wilson, he wears number seventeen just like Devontae Adams did and they just they just look like similar players. They really do. Like you could just you can just see it. The way that the way that that Rogers throws the ball to him, the way that he moves mm-hmm. off the line just gives me Devontae Adams flashbacks and we know how good he was with Rodgers.
0: Oh absolutely baby. Okay, we, we need to stop talking about <laughs> we need to stop talking about Garrett Wilson. We're gonna get I'm gonna get too hard over here. I'm gonna yeah, have to stop you guys the podcast.
2: Are and well <laughs> for it now.
0: I wish I could.
2: Yeah, and by by, like an extension, you're also doing that to Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Totally. But being a Bears fan, I do not like. this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shut up and give me your breakout.
2: <laughs> My breakout, um, someone who's had some some pretty good years, but over the last couple of years struggled, uh, and by struggled, I mean relative. You know, first position he was fine because this is a tight end, Darren Waller. Ooh, I think that. Do you? Yeah. I like that. You like that? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that the Giants have very little of a receiving core, um, and they their main offensive weapon is. A running quarterback and a running back.
0: Right. You know? I'm not right. sure if you're legally allowed to call that a receiving core. Yeah. Actually. People who can sometimes catch the ball. Right. That they genuinely might be more of a blocking core right. than they are. Like they're, they're just, downfield they're, blockers.
2: I was about to say they're linemen who don't get called for blocking downfield.
0: Exactly. Um, Which is just, great, because you need know, that just, for when Daniel Jones runs seventy yards and trips two feet from the end zone. Yes,
2: yes, exactly. It's a must. But I believe that I think that Darren Law it fits in well. I mean he's a He's a good enough blocker, but he's tall, he's fast, and he's also getting up there in age a little bit. He is, but he's still an elite tight end, and I think that he would be—he's the primary target. He's gonna get the—he's gonna get a crazy amount of targets by Daniel Jones, just because. Oh yeah. Danny Dimes doesn't have a cannon, you know. He'll slot it in there. Right. He'll hit. He'll hit, and he'll throw up a jump ball. Darren Waller will come down. Uh, and I think that that'll get him. That'll, I think that'll put him in like a top five tight
0: end. Absolutely, and I think that in a guillotine format, whenever you start the year with eighteen other teams, the baseline amount of PPR points that you can get out of Darren Waller is incredibly valuable. It makes it really hard for you to lose. Yeah. just knowing that you're eight points better than two-thirds of the teams just based at the tight end position exactly you like have
2: it, you have consistently more points than anyone even for week one people who drafted Travis Kelsey
0: even maybe
2: well yes probably <laughs> <I would. laughs> you're as probably of, right as of right now um but I think I think this he could be he could be up there with the the Kittles, the Andrews, and the Kelsies.
0: He totally can. I, I would take him over Kittle for sure. Yeah. And that even before Kittle's groin right. injury, because, I'm yeah, looking and, at it. I mean,
2: Kittle is competing with an actual – Yeah. With actual other athletes.
0: hmm And <laughs> – <laughs> Actual other athletes yes. is wild. And uh, Darren Waller is not. Wow. So, so no, let, I couldn't let, have said it better myself.
1: Let me ask you guys this real quick. Darren Waller's what, tight end four, tight end five going off the board?
0: He In every guillotine draft I've done, he was the fourth tight end off the board. So he's
1: going
2: after Andrews, Hawkinson, and Kelsey.
0: Yeah. He, which I think is totally fair. He goes like two picks after Hawkinson, generally.
2: Uh, I believe Hawkinson is not as good as the board says he is.
0: Yeah, then you've been listening to this show. I, I don't think I have had a single episode in the last month. Where I haven't said don't draft T.J. Hawkinson and Guillotine yeah. until just now, so I'm going to say it again: <laughs> don't draft T.J. Hawkinson and Guillotine.
2: It's probably He's, a little too late by the time this comes out.
0: Probably, but if you have him, trade him right now for whatever you can get. That man scored half of his points in three games last year. Yeah, that is not a recipe.
2: He's a boomer. If you have, you know, if you're strapped for you're strapped for players, and you've got someone who will consistently give you points in the tight end. Or that guy on your flex, if you got nothing else, but sure, he's a boomer bust. Like get rid of him.
0: Yeah, get rid of him. He boy. the problem with him being a boomer bust and a guy like like Gabe Davis not being a problem, is that for you to put T.J. Hawkinson on your team, he's got to be your third best player. Gabe Davis can be like your eighth.
2: Yeah, you're giving up. You're giving up a high, a relatively high draft.
0: Yeah, you're giving up like a Rashad White or. J.K. Dobbins, yeah. who I have in all three of my guillotine leagues. So if he sucks <laughs> week one, I'm, I'm going to cry. Yeah. Real and teams. Dobbins? Yeah.
1: He plays the Texans. I think he'll be fine. I know.
0: <laughs> that, that, that's baked into the, into the drafting.
1: Get, getting back to Waller Road though, how bullish would you guys be on him if he didn't have all those injury concerns? Because like last year, he was my fourth-round pick in in guillotine, and I think he struggled with injuries like the whole year. He did. And yeah, look, it was rough. He's like 30, 31 years old now. Mm-hmm. How how worried are you guys about him getting re-injured? And like, do you think do you think that was baked into his ADP when he was going in like 6th, 7th round? And then like all that buzz from camp that Daniel Jones just couldn't stop throwing the ball mm-hmm. kind of pushed him up.
0: I think that for a redraft league, he's going in the right spots. I also think that people quote-unquote overdrafting him in guillotine leagues is a perfectly reasonable response to that because I don't think injury concerns matter quite as much in guillotine just because like you need points. Now, if he gets injured in week six, then congrats, you've made it to week six.
2: Yeah. You just, it's a hard cut right there. At that point, there are people on the board that you can likely replace him with.
0: And like, it's different if he was already injured, but he's been healthy all off season. Like, I, I always say if there's red letters next to their name, it's a problem. And if there's not, I I see, I see no reason to be like worried about injuries.
1: I like to say, don't go looking for injuries
2: in fantasy football because injuries will always find you.
0: Ooh, that's a good one. I'm and stealing you know, that.
2: You know, it's funny you're giving that advice to the guy who drafted Cooper Cup
0: with a red letter <laughs> <laughs> next
2: to his name. There were.
0: <sighs> No. But listen, listen, listen. Okay, 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 okay.
2: The
1: risks. I think the rewards outweigh the risk with Cooper Cup, so I'll eat that one. I didn't. Realize, this was before he had a setback, so I just wanted to put that out there. But yes, there were a bit of hamstring <laughs> concerns with Cups, so I will. There's a big fat red cube. I'll eat that. I'll eat that.
0: Big fat red cube. I'll eat that. What was it? Fifth overall pick. Seventh, I think. Seventh. Yeah. Big fat red cube.
1: All I gotta do is if, if he's out for the first four weeks and I make it to week five, I like my chances. But again, you're, gotta you're make gonna, it that far.
0: You're gonna have to get Van Jefferson off me if you want a chance. Yeah,
1: I know. You're probably right. Or Puka. Puka might go crazy. He's on my bench. We'll see what happens.
0: The first half of that man's name is Poo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're better, than that, You're
0: better than that, I'm not starting someone who doesn't have a name I believe in. Ramondre Stevenson, I want him on every team. That's the coolest that fucking like a name, boog. yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a great name. That's amazing. I would start him in every single league
0: right now. I fuck, feel free,
2: he's my sleeper pick. <laughs> <laughs> <This is> my <laughs> I don't even know. Okay, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs>
0: Oh Drew's God. such a good listener of the show, he doesn't listen to the show that he's on. As you said <laughs> yeah. his last name.
2: Yeah. I, mean, I, was too, I was too fascinated by the name Puka. Right. It's like Quez. Quez. What's, Quez, Watkins. Quez Watkins. What a great name.
0: That's a great name. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would start someone named Quez. Obviously. Short for question.
2: Oh my God. <laughs>
0: Shimmy, give me a sleeper, please, for the love of God. <laughs>
1: wait, wait, don't you want the bust?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, you know what? Yeah, give me a bust. Um, Let's end it on a high note. With as
1: much as it pains me to do this, I'm going to stick with, like, picking guys in the early part of drafts, because mm-hmm. there's a bunch of, like, mid-round, dead-zone players I don't like, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there's absolutely no way Austin Eckler returns value this year. Ooh. I think...
0: That's an early, early bust. I know,
1: I know. It, like he's he was going at like one hundred three, one hundred four. Like him and McCaffrey are kind of like one A, one B for a lot of people. And then as you know, full PPR league started to get in tune with taking receivers early. I saw like Tyreek Hill would go before him. Mm-hmm. Um, some guys even took Bijan. Some guys like Kelsey over him.
0: For for Guillotine, I definitely like Kelsey over him, yeah. and I easily would take Hill. In that spot. That makes sense. Especially I, through receivers. Right. I think the him and Stephon Diggs are kind of interchangeable guys who I want at like the eight the seven, eight, nine yep. pick range.
1: I like that. And and the big reason I think this is well, I I hate the fact that there was news about him in the offseason not happy. When whenever you have a player that isn't happy with situation or contract, kind of regardless, any type of news like that, um, isn't great because not only could there be some disarray in the team, but the player might not be in the right headspace, not ready to just go out and ball. Yeah, I know that's kind of a stupid excuse, but something that that I think about. Um, you, you I think you have to look at the fact that Kellen Moore is there. Uh, I, I don't think that. Uh, I think that Joe Lombardi's ineptitude in terms of creating like actual route concepts for receivers, yeah, it let Austin Eckler eat in the passing game because Justin Herbert just had to check down, right. After he you know rolled out of the pocket and couldn't find anybody open, so I think he got a huge boost in the receiving game, uh, which helped him in full PPR leagues and allowed him to to go crazy. Again, I still think he'll be involved as in a receiver. It'll be more designed screenplays and checkdowns, but. I mean, if Keenan Allen can can play ten games and Michael Williams stays healthy and you know, Josh Palmer, Quentin Johnson, there's a lot of pretty good receivers on that team.
0: Gerald Everett. Yeah, Gerald
1: Everett's a good tight end too. Like they had they had the worst injury luck that, that I can really remember for a receiving core last year. I mean, DeAndre Carter was their wide receiver one a couple weeks.
0: I know. And that's just that's just not that was what, great. You, what you want for your Don't forget Jalen Guyton.
1: Yeah, so they, they really had to lean on Eckler. And I think I think if I'm I'm hoping and kind of manifesting that things break right for the Chargers um, and Austin Eckler will be used as more of a traditional running back. And I have to say that I love Austin Eckler. I love him as a human, love him as a player. I don't think he's the best running back between the tackles. I think that that for a long time, the Chargers have been looking for a, a guy to spell him on early downs. Yeah, they have. Like a, Like a good downhill runner. And, you know, unfortunately, they just haven't hit on a player like that. Um, but I think Austin Eckler sees less work in the passing game. I don't think he scores nearly as much touchdowns just because they have a lot of other guys. Uh, a lot I mean, of big guys, tall guys who can produce in the red zone.
0: Also, going back to back to back on a twenty touchdown season would just be stupid. Yeah, like, like that.
1: That's another year of tread on his tires. Um, he usually stays healthy, but you know, there's always that that risk for for injury as as running backs get older. He's up there in age. I, he's just like he's a guy that I don't love taking in the first round, like looking back on it, if I had, if I had the 107, 108, and it was between him and a guy like Saquon Barkley, I might even have to take Saquon Barkley. No, I, I, I don't it, think that's crazy. I know by ADP, that's a bit of a hot take, but, but it, there's just a lot of question marks uh, and a lot of things that I think could go wrong more so than, because he basically has to do exactly what he did last year to return value. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see it.
0: Perfectly reasonable. Yeah, the the last thing on that is just since the offensive line was so beat up last year and since they're getting healthier, I think that's something people don't talk about enough is that the worse an offensive line is, the less time a quarterback has in the pocket and the more likely he is to check it down. And, like, the data bears that out. I saw – I wish I wrote down the source of this on Twitter the other day. It was a graph – of your pff offensive line grade and then pass attempts to the running back and it was just a straight line straight up as the pff grade increased aka got worse the the number of pass attempts to the running back just skyrockets
2: yeah i mean that's common sense to an extent you know if you got less time you're just gonna chuck it to the first guy you see
0: right or run if you know your quarterback's justin field
2: True, yes. Yeah. Or Daniel Jones. Or Daniel Jones. Yeah. But he's just, he doesn't see he doesn't see anyone because there's no one out there. There's no one out there. Yeah.
0: Actually, they're, all of those quote-unquote wide receivers, they don't exist. Yeah. They line up. They put nine men on the field.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they're just gaslighting. You,
0: you see other dudes in Giants uniforms? No. We, they actually edit them on this. there in live, in real time.
1: Are you saying Isaiah Hodgins is a fever green? Is that a real yeah. player? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Really? Spell Isaiah Hodgins right now. Bet you can't. You got me. I know. I
1: can't.
0: See? It's all fake. It, it's a mass hallucination. There are no wide receivers on the New York Giants. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, oh, bust. My bust.
0: Yes, your bust.
2: My bust pick Um, and I don't even know if you could really call him a bust because he was pretty inconsistent last year, but people have high hopes for him this year and a lot of people i believe are drafting him way too high
0: it's jerry judy oh yeah yeah he he was actually he was already on the chopped guillotine avoid list yeah just because because once you hurt your hamstring i'm not gonna draft you yes yes injury
2: he is a big injury concern plus i truly believe that Cortland Sutton's a better receiver
0: whoa yeah i believe he
2: like <laughs> what do you not like that? There? I
0: I think that I think that you're wrong, but like keep going. I want to yeah. see where this goes. I think
2: that I mean from the games that I have watched, I I just think he's got better hands. He I, he runs routes more concise, more precisely, and granted, they're both kind of I wouldn't say similar receivers, but they're not like I, I wouldn't I don't know they're not. The most outstanding receivers on a team that already has quarterback issues for the next seven years. (laughs) um,
0: You're underselling them. This team will never have a good quarterback again.
2: Um, uh, But uh, I believe a lot of people are overhyping because they think a new coach, he's going to bring, he's going to, he's a quarterback guru, he's going to fix that. Right.
0: He's going to use him like Michael Thomas. Yeah. He's going
2: to, yeah. You know, people think that. It's the new Drew Brees Michael Thomas. You know? Yeah. And I do not think that works at all. You know? Mm-hmm. And if he's Michael Thomas, then fine. Draft him and he's gone by week three. And you don't have him again. <laughs> you know? He's not like for, for being a third round player, if you wanna pick up like a third round draft pick, if you want to pick up another third round draft pick, sure. But if you're spending if you're doing it like with um fan it like the fab dollars, if you're doing it with like free agent budget, mm you're going to blow a lot of your budget on someone you could have just easily avoided in the draft.
0: Yeah. That's a really good point. Because I, especially with hamstring injuries too, once those guys start coming back and the hype starts building around them, that's when their value is ludicrously high. Because more, more often than not, when someone comes back from a hamstring injury, they re-injure either the hamstring or just another part of their leg because they're yeah. compensating yeah. for having a weak hamstring and, and they're not used to run it like
2: just that. Yeah, they just run slower. They aren't mm-hmm. able to make cuts, they aren't able to make, like, they aren't able to run properly,
0: to move properly. Thank god we have a med student here to explain to us that when people <laughs> injure their legs they run slower. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, this actually, is the hard-hitting content that you sign up it's for. It's yeah, <laughs> quite unknown, but... If your ankle go ouchy, if your leg go ouchy, hmm. you can't move it sometimes. Ooh.
0: Incredible stuff.
1: Just to chime in a little bit, um, I think I think before Jerry Judy's preseason hamstring injury, he was going way too high in draft.
0: Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Fact, the fact
1: that there was such a discrepancy between him and Cortland Sutton was crazy to me because in the weeks after Nathaniel Hackett was not calling plays, I believe, for the Broncos last season... Courtland Sutton and Jerry Judy were very comparable. If not, Courtland Sutton was a little bit favored by Russell Wilson in terms of...
0: When, when they were on the field together, yes. But the reason we got super excited about Judy is because Courtland Sutton got hurt. That's right. And then Jerry Judy had like three straight 17-plus point performances, including one three touchdown game. Yeah. It's hard to not be excited about and that Judy,
1: guy. Judy's one of those players who a lot of people have always been high on, but he's never really produced... I don't know, people love him because he's he's got all those clips of him breaking cornerbacks' ankles, and he's a very good route runner, but we just haven't seen it from him. Like, and again, Drew, Drew did a great job highlighting that. There's questions with the quarterback. It's going to be a completely new offense. We really have no idea what it's going to look like, and that hamstring injury. So yeah, I think that's a good pick. He's a, he's a pretty big boy. For me.
0: Yeah. We're going to go ahead and end the episode on a higher note. Shimmy, can you give me a sleeper pick?
1: All right, so this is this might even be a guy you're not drafting in G-team leagues. Whoa! Like 18 team, based on based on where he's ranked on like Sleeper and ESPN, which are the only two places I've drafted this this year. This guy is going at like pick 290 or something. Like he's basically Ooh, free. He's I basically might, free. I might know this guy, and I I think you'll you'll probably agree with me when I say this name, but but he he's a tight end, just like just like Drew's pick with Darren Waller. I think Luke Musgrave yep. is a huge fantasy.
0: Absolutely. Receiver.
1: This guy, this guy, not only uh, is a rookie tight end who graded out just as well as the guys who were picked in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember exactly where he went in the draft, but obviously he was he a got, second rounder. He got picked right second round. That's that's good draft capital for a tight end. Yeah, that's great. He got picked around guys like uh, Michael Mayer who was amazing at Notre Dame. Dolan Kincaid, who's basically like a wide receiver. Yeah. The Bills would probably use him as a slot wide receiver. A guy, who, Looks like. a guy who earlier in the year I probably would have given to you as a sleeper, but I think a lot of people have caught on to yeah, the possibilities for
0: Dolan They've Kincaid. caught on. The cat's out of the bag. He,
2: yeah, he was going to be – Who was the first thing that came to mind when I was going to say sleeper, but I knew everyone else was thinking
0: about Right, it. We, we've all seen it. Yeah, no so I, wanted,
1: I wanted to go a little bit deeper into the tight end well because you look at the, at the preseason numbers – uh, Jordan Love played almost all of the games, if not all of them. He took least, snaps in all at of least the games. For, yeah, at least for the first half. Um, and it was clear that that Christian, Christian Watson, Romeo Doves, Jalen Reed, and Luke Musgrave were the four yeah. pass catchers. They didn't leave the field. Played 100% of the snaps with the starters, and again, Musgrave is a, is a good prospect coming out of school. Uh, he's got good athleticism scores, things like that, yeah. and Jordan Love, his first year as the starter in a new offense, I think the Packers uh, have a good play caller. Matt LaFleur's a good play caller. as head coach. I think they're going to run the ball. Definitely lean on Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, but Luke Musgrave just feels like that security blanket for Love that he might go to on, on third and shorts, you know, those, those type of plays where it's like tight end runs five yards up, turns around, catches a quick pass. You get that four or five times from a guy like Musgrave who could make a couple of linebackers miss, and that's a 10-point game in full PPR. Mm-hmm. And for a guy who you're getting for free in 18-man drafts yeah, where you're basically scraping the bottom of the barrel, like your last pick's probably going to be projected two points in week one, I think Musgrave's not only a guy who can give you a ton of juice uh, later in the year, but he could be a day-one starter that catches three or four passes, and and keeps you alive in a guillotine league where it's really hard to get one of those top four or five tight ends just because there's so many teams and there's so many tight ends. There's only so many tight ends.
0: Everyone's taking at least one. Everyone's taking probably multiple shots at tight ends. Uh, I love the Luke Musgrave pick, and Luke Musgrave is the reason that I am so high on Drew's pick of Darren Waller because I don't have quite the same injury concern for Darren Waller if I have Luke Musgrave at the back of my bench behind him.
1: Yeah, like, you, you'll think he'll be... By the time Waller gets injured, if he does, in week five or six, you right. think Musgrave will have a decent, a, a carved-out role in the office where you can trust him enough to put in your lineup.
0: I would like to think so. I I think by the time if if Darren Waller goes out, I will at least know. Yeah. I will know if I can put Luke Musgrave in... Or if,
1: or if he's I've got to go fishing, right? Yeah,
0: which you know, so, sometimes a lot of the times the guys that you pick at the last few rounds of your draft are duds, and that's okay.
1: Yeah, and you don't even have to draft Musgrave; you can just pick them up off waivers.
0: You could, totally a possibility. So, with that, we've got one last sleeper pick. It looks like Drew's about to be his own sleeper pick. Yeah, he, I just yawned. was <laughs> a
2: pretty big one.
0: There, there was a. A very conscious moment between myself and of Like, do we need to keep talking about Luke Musgrave? No,
2: no it's it, all
0: right. it, it looked like you were trying to catch shrimp in your mouth. At I, way.
2: I, well, it was an interesting situation because I had a yawn, but then I had a tickle in my throat and I thought I'd have to cough. So I was really holding it in, but I was in the middle of a yawn. So I tried wow. not breathing in, but it was a difficult situation. Maybe Man, my it, body were out of sync. is
0: this your first time ever being on a podcast and you, and you knew how to, how to deal with that situation?
2: Um, what can I say? I'm a pro. He's a natural. A
0: Unbelievable. All right. Finish us off good with this sleeper pick Drew. Um I don't
2: I mean, I guess this really isn't a sleeper, but I think Kenny Pickett's
0: going too low. Ooh. No, that that counts as a sleeper. Okay. Kenny Kenny Pickett doesn't get drafted as a starter yeah. in an 18-man league.
2: Yeah, but I think that He's got two good wide receivers. Okay. And he's got Allen Robinson. Uh, <laughs> and Pat Furman. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I love Pat. He's Rodgers. got a good. He's got a decent tight end with him too. And he's he's. I don't think that I think Najee is not that good. And I don't think they're going to be running the ball that much. I think he'll get a lot of chances to air out the ball. He'll get a lot of points. Plus, we saw back in his pit days that he's um he's a mobile quarterback. You know? He is. He's a class... I mean, no one can forget that fake slide. Is, is
0: he allowed to do the fake slide in the NFL? Do we know? I know mm-hmm. they changed the rules in college. I don't know if they, they changed did. them in the NFL. Oh.
2: That'd be pretty cool.
0: I guess we'll find out. Um,
2: But, like, I think that he has the potential to be... I don't know if I would say top 10, but I would say QB 12. Possibly QB 10. Yeah. Uh, definitely starter worthy in in a heat team league. It's right. not a regular 12-10 man league, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: I, I think that's a really great sleeper pick because he's someone you don't have to start week one. In week one, he plays against the San Francisco 49ers, if I'm not yeah, mistaken, I which is going to be brutal. Nick Bosa is back, we think. Just signed, yeah. Yeah. just signed all the paper for all the money. Yeah,
2: and worst case, if he looks bad...
0: You might be able to you get him. You might be able to get him. You totally could. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people really attached to Kenny Pickett. No. And so if you're someone who, like me, is a big Geno Smith fan but knows that Geno Smith has some rough games early in the season. Yeah. Like, after week one, Geno's going to absolutely cook the Rams because...
2: Well, it's easy because the Rams, you can't, like, no one exists.
0: No one on exists. the Rams the, they're
2: like They're the defensive equivalent of the Giants wide
0: receivers. Exactly. Wide. <laughs> the Giants wide receivers and the Rams secondary. Like, if the Giants and the Rams play each other this year, there's going to be 16 men on the field. There's no Whenever one. the Giants are on there's offense. No, <laughs> one no, one. no one downfield. No one. There's no one downfield. <laughs> right. All run plays. All run plays and long Daniel Jones incompletions. Yes. <laughs> no interceptions. Yeah.
2: Great, Just, great game for him. Yeah. yeah.
0: But, Throwing the ball into the ground.
2: But yeah, I, I think Kenny Pickett. I mean, I'm a big believer in yes. rookies have three years to prove themselves, uh, and he got thrown into that situation because like, he did. Trubisky's Trubisky was not much of anything, and that's coming from me as a Bears fan, you know. <laughs> and then he became, and then Pickett just had to like exist.
0: Do you know he had a less than 3% touchdown rate last year? Really? Yeah, which is, like, unbelievably low. But the the good news is, like, all rookie quarterbacks tend to have a low touchdown rate. Yeah. Just whenever you get to the red zone and you're trying to fit it into tighter windows than you've ever seen in college. Yeah. And everything's moving faster. The defense is blitzing you at a ridiculously—at a much higher rate than normal. Yeah. Because they don't have to worry about covering the back end. Yeah. It's I'm, hard. Yeah. It's, and it's, that, that's something that they always tend to bounce back in right. the second year He
2: needs for. to adjust. And,
0: you know, if I'm wrong,
2: that's why he was a sleeper pick. And everyone else was right. And, <laughs> and I you know
0: what? If, if he's wrong, y'all can keep sleeping on Kenny Pickett it? yeah, and it'll be okay.
2: Ahead. You know, I don't care. I, I, I'm, I'm already being wrong one time or, or, one, or one or two times. But... I believe he's being drafted. I think he's being drafted too low. I think he's at least the top fifteen. Could be uh, ten, maybe nine by the end yeah. of the year.
0: I mean, bye week start rolling around. You've got week five is when bye week start this year, which is worrying for a guillotine league. Yeah, um, avoid drafting Chargers if you can because Chargers have the week 5 bye. Do not get the get the Justin Herbert Keenan Allen stack. It's not yeah, worth it. No. It's fun, in theory. You'll <laughs> lose week five, I promise you. That is irrecoverable.
1: I have a lot of Chargers players, so now I'm worried. <laughs> I actually didn't think about buy weeks for D-team. That's a good shout.
0: You know what? That That's something that, we, that I talked about in um, the third part of our draft primer. It's that bye weeks don't matter late in the year. Like, if your whole team has a buy on week 13... You're fine. You're fine. If you're still there week 13, I mean, A, congratulations. You've had an incredible season. Right. B, you've traded or cut 60%, 70% of these players. Like, it, it does not matter. But week 5 buys, week 6, yeah.
2: Yeah. It I, does. I tried. I mean, unless they were like... A standout player. Right. I tried avoiding people uh, that had a bye week before, like week eight or nine.
0: Yeah, that that's a really good rule of thumb.
1: I'm gonna chime in a little bit on the Kenny Pickett pick because pick? I actually really I, I was surprised about how late he was going in drafts. I think he has legitimate like mobile upside. Like he'll just add some rushing yards uh, when he has to, kind of on the move. Um, and as someone who's a who's a diehard Ravens fan. My mortal enemy is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the fact that they just won't suck at all <laughs> is the most infuriating thing ever because, like, Deontay Johnson is awesome. George Pickens is awesome. Their O line was bad last year, but it's just going to keep getting better.
0: It's hard to get worse. Right. I
1: and mean, Kenny Pickett, if he just figures out how to play in structure, like, I think the arm talent's good enough. I like the mobility, the maturity. There's really nothing keeping him from being a solid player. Maybe other than OC Matt Canada, but they had the opportunity to move on. They brought him back, so maybe they like him. Um, but yeah, I think Kenny Pickett has some real juice, uh, and I would take him over a lot of other guys going that late.
0: Totally over, like you know, Matt Stafford,
1: Matt Stafford, Mac Jones,
0: Baker Mayfield, Baker,
1: Sam Howell,
0: Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter. Yeah, and anyone in that backup quarterback range, I, I agree that Kenny Pickett is. One of the premier backups you can get just in any sort of fantasy league. It's very rare that you see someone, that you see a quarterback being drafted behind their top three passing options, and then that quarterback doesn't outperform his ADP.
1: You talking Pickens, Deontay, and Firemouth?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like it, his top three pass catchers are all within the top 100 picks. And Kenny Pickett's outside the top 200.
1: And I would be willing, if you add, if you did like a survey on people who know marginally anything about fantasy football, like the outlook for Deontay Johnson, George Bacons, and Mooth, they'd probably be like, Yeah, I like I like all those players.
0: Yeah, totally. So I like all those the players.
1: Fact that, the fact that Pickett isn't getting the same love is honestly kind of surprising because he's it he's is. the engine that makes Look, the offense go.
0: When Jameis Winston had his famous thirty for thirty season, that was a lot of people were drafting him because they were like, okay, we know. Mike Evans is going to do good. We think Chris Godwin is going to do good. People were high on OJ Howard that year, and well, OJ Howard sucked. But the Jameis Winston pick was a good pick.
2: Yeah, and um, I, I I couldn't agree more. I think that they if you can see that an offense is being valued, like star players on an offense are being valued high, and take the quarterback. Yeah, take the quarterback, obviously, or. Avoid or avoid those three players. You know, right. make up your mind.
1: <laughs> that's all I got to say. They're, so what you're saying is Kenny Pickett's either going to be awesome or Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and Frymer are going to be terrible.
2: They're going to be bad picks for their value, unless Kenny Pickett's one a of them much could pick,
0: one of them could probably pan out, but yeah. not all three of them. Yeah, unless fair. Kenny's good, which he probably will be. That's fair. Given
2: that's what I believe. I okay, he's my, he's my totally.
0: Fan. No, that that's a great sleeper pick with that i think we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this episode gentlemen i appreciate you all very much for coming out here tonight and for sharing a microphone yeah it's been fun it looked fun we made it work you really did, did. it, it kind of went off without a hitch i thought that there were going to be some problems i thought i was going to have to clean it up in post but like we're we're locked and loaded so you might have to clean up this microphone I'm
2: all yeah that i know
0: tonight. it's a rough one yeah well Thank you all very much for being here. Listeners, thank you all so much for watching and listening, mostly just listening, especially our one uh, Malaysian listener. If you're out there listening in Malaysia, I don't know how you found this podcast, but fucking shout out to you, man. Sorry, that was me
2: with
0: my VPN. Uh, (laughs) Damn, I thought we'd gone worldwide. So with that, we're going to thank you all for listening. Goodbye.